Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. When I say the words crime and punishment, everyone understands what I'm talking about. We commit crimes, there's a system of punishment, Uh, That's kind of a philosophical thing. It's been around, obviously, for centuries and centuries, a millennium, actually, because uh, even ancient man had their own systems of crime and punishment. But when we're talking about uh, modern concepts of crime and punishment, we have have governments who make laws, and we don't have, as people, we don't have a whole bunch of say-so about that, some input. Uh, from time to time, but where we really have interface with the entire system is with law enforcement. Law enforcement primarily, and occasionally, eventually, with the court system. So law enforcement is kind of the public face of crime and punishment. And so that's a very important topic. It's a very important topic now because crime is an issue in many different areas of the country. It's, a, it's an important issue in different ways in many parts of the country. Uh, and obviously, my commercial for living here in Cherokee County in, in rural America is that we have different types of problems, problems and uh, hopefully in many ways not as severe. But in order to discuss this, uh, I've invited uh, Sheriff Derek Palmer, the ch- sheriff of Cherokee County, and after a commercial break, we'll be back to discuss this very, very important. This is Dr. Dan, and we're back with Sheriff Derek Palmer. He's been sheriff of Cherokee County for seven years. In in jest, he might say that's too long. I might say that's too short, but whatever. Uh, Sheriff Palmer, thank you very, very much for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you. It's good being here today. Well, listen, Sheriff, obviously we're going to talk about crime. So crime seems to be up in general in Cherokee County. Right. Uh, what kind of crimes are you seeing? What What's your take on that? Well, I'd love to tell you that it's just Cherokee County that's got a crime problem, but we've really got a crime problem everywhere around in our nation. Um, all of our counties around that we talk to, uh, whether it's towns or Union County or Fannin or Polk County, Tennessee, or our neighboring North Carolina counties, seems like everybody's kind of going through the same thing. And it's uh, not just here in western North Carolina, but I can also go to sheriff's conferences and talk to sheriffs across the state of North Carolina and sheriffs on the coast are experiencing the same thing that we're experiencing in the mountains with uh, drugs and theft and stolen catalytic converters and all kind of different topics you can imagine that were going on. But drugs is always at the top of the list. 
They may be on the top of the list. Are yeah. they really the the root cause of increased criminal? I activity? think so. I, I think that about everything we deal with, uh, from property theft, from property crimes to assaults to uh, domestics, all kind of different things. Um, may not every crime is rooted in drugs, but it all seems that it touches it in some way, that drugs touch all these different kind of crimes. We have problems in Cherokee County or in this area with manufacturing of drugs? Uh, those are kind of slacked off. We don't have many manufacturing uh, methamphetamine cases anymore. Um, well, the reason being is because it's so readily available and so easily obtainable. Um Several years ago, they passed all the pseudoephedrine laws. If you go to buy your cold medicine at the drugstore, you got to show an ID, and you can only get so many boxes and those kind of things. And some of the chemicals that go with that and manufacturing meth, uh, they've restricted and, and uh, caused people not to be able to get like they used to. And back then, in those days, you know, meth was very expensive to obtain. It's very expensive to to make. And uh, now, a you know, an ounce of meth, which is trafficking amount, uh, you can go down to just about any city in North Georgia and around the Atlanta area and come back up and buy it very cheap down there. And we used to work really, really hard to get a trafficking amount of meth or heroin, either one. And now we're, we're catching multiple trafficking amounts with people's bringing up with them. So there really is not a big organized crime syndicate type thing. It's more. Yeah, not here. Uh, the, the organized crime syndicate thing of the manufacturing and the major distributors are coming out of North Atlanta for our area, uh, Gainesville area, North Atlanta, Canton. Uh, those type of places is where most of our citizens obtain their drugs from. So how does that affect the response of law enforcement to this problem? What are you, what are you guys doing? Well, a couple things is one is we, we have a tremendous problem with, the, with utilizing federal resources. And one of the reasons being is because our district that we live in in North Carolina is based out of Charlotte. And so to try to get agents to come out of Charlotte to Murphy to work, um, is very difficult a lot of times because their resources are stretched thin. And so we're taking off pounds of drugs here uh, to them working in Charlotte. They're working hundreds of pounds or thousands of pounds of drug trafficking. So they don't want to stop what they're doing to come here. The, the North Carolina-Georgia border borders where their federal jurisdictions are. And I know federal jurisdictions can go anywhere, but they have districts like everybody else does. And so when you go to Georgia, you work out of the Atlanta district of the DEA office and the FBI and those kind of things. So what we have really been successful at recently is working with our North Georgia counties and, and working uh, uh, with both Fannin and Union County, especially because those are the two that actually borders Cherokee County. Uh, working with those two counties of actually working on drugs coming up out of the Georgia area, uh, working in conjunction with those folks from their task force down in Georgia. And when we work with them, then we can utilize the federal resources out of Atlanta and out of, out of those areas. Uh, so we've been we've been fairly successful on doing that in the last little bit. And years ago, uh, North Carolina and Georgia could not enter into a mutual aid agreement to work for law enforcement. But the laws on that have changed where we can now work mutual aid with each other and uh, work in the same cases with each other. We can go into Georgia and work with them and they can come to North Carolina and work with us. So we've been very successful in bridging those those relationships with Georgia and uh, trying to cut off our drug flow coming to Cherokee County. One of the things I've always said, and I still stand by it and as long as I'm sheriff, that's the way I feel about it. 
I don't care where the drugs are taken off at. I, it's not a thing to try to get your name in the newspaper. It's not a thing of trying to show how great you are. If we could take them off in Georgia and they could get more time in Georgia and get uh, rested down there easier than we could do it here in Cherokee County, I'm all for working with those folks down there and getting it taken off down there in Georgia. Well, Cherokee County, as you know, is a is a rural county. This whole area is rural counties. So that must really present a special problem for law enforcement. Uh, what are you guys dealing with in terms of that rural nature of where we live? Yeah, we, you know, it's resources is always an issue. Resources is always a problem, especially for rural areas. It doesn't matter what county you're from or, or where you're from. Um, you know, as you're very familiar with Cherokee County, it's about 454 square miles of county it's 54 miles from one end of the county to the other um and it takes a long time sometimes to get to responses and different things you need to do and so uh we uh we try to use our resources to go to the things that's most effective to use those resources for if we're needing to fight drugs and theft and those kind of things we try to dedicate as many resources as we can to that and you know some of the other response times may slow down or may not even be there uh, if it's nonviolent crime or if it's crime, property crime that can wait or whatever it may be but we try to get to those areas where people are being heard or those areas where where a danger level is heightened those are the things that we try to get to first so just for an example uh-huh. How long does it take you with a blue light to get uh-huh. from one side of the county to the other, say from Topton to Yanaka? 45 minutes, as fast as you can on most places. Um, if I left right now in Murphy and I got in my car and drove to Yanaka Community Center as fast as I could drive with blue lights and siren, passing people where I could pass them and running them off the road, it would take me about 35 minutes to get to Yanaka from Murphy. And it's a lot of places if you go down to Shuler's Creek, Violent, a lot of those places it may take longer than that from from even from Murphy to get there. So if you're coming from Topton, it could add an additional 15-20 minutes coming from Topton. So there are certain challenges when it comes to law enforcement in a rural county. That, right. I mean, in a city you may have to deal with traffic, but you can yeah. push that out of the way and you're not going miles and miles on curve and road right. like you are here. So that's really a special property and a special challenge uh-huh. for rural counties. It is. It? it really is. And and when you think about it, you know, a lot of the curvy roads it takes to get to places, in the, especially in the northern end of the county, um, you can only go so fast. So it doesn't matter if there's no traffic whatsoever. You can only go so fast because of curves coming up in front of you. So, uh, you know, you got to keep it on your side of the road and not be dangerous and not, you know, uh, put the public in danger. Um, but you can't make it faster than what the road allows for you to get there. So really citizens of Cherokee County have to have a certain expectation that's reasonable, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that is, is that uh, it does take time. Uh Uh-huh. How do people, how, how do you think people should be dealing with that? I mean, I'm not talking about right. petty crimes. But. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we don't, you know, we don't encourage and we're not trying to get people to do vigilante justice or take the law into their own hands. But I think one of the things you do have to realize is that when you move to a rural section of the county and you know that law enforcement may not be readily available or can get there in in five minutes. Sometimes they may be there and can be there in five minutes, but when you know the 
normal response time is going to be 15, 20 minutes for a law enforcement officer can get there, then we take a certain responsibility on ourselves of defending ourselves and defending our family and those kind of things. And so uh, one of the things as far as the property crimes in these rural areas, uh, we always try to encourage people to, you know, to do safety things, have camera systems on their homes, alarm systems, uh, you know, do things like cutting shrubbery away from your window so you can see outside, uh, have them well-lit areas, uh, those type of things that's just common sense things that people can do uh, to help them in their areas. But, um, you know, realistically, when you think about, and this is not just Cherokee County, but all of our rural counties, um, most of our rural counties does, doesn't have, especially late of at night, but two or three people out at a time working. And so if they're busy answering a domestic or some danger call and you've got a prowler at your house and you're not immediately in danger, it may take a while for somebody to break off another call and get get to where you're at. Um, so there's a, there's a certain responsibility that we take on ourselves um, so to protect ourselves and protect our family while that law enforcement officers are out. And that's kind of a reasonable thing. Right. I mean, and I, I really firmly believe that people who choose to live in rural areas uh-huh. need to understand that there are certain limitations involved in right. living rural. Right. Um, travel time is one of the main ones absolutely I mean, for, for whether it's whether it's for law enforcement or shopping or school mm-hmm. whatever it is when you live rural for all the wonderful advantages and I, i'm a huge proponent right i mean obviously i love living rural. <laughs> yeah. i love living in the woods it's, uh-huh. it's it gives you a peace right but on the other hand there are certain personal responsibilities that come along with that. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of things in these rural sections, you have to understand that when you move to these counties and these rural sections, is things like internet service. You may not have the the service there that you're used to getting in the cities and, and different places. And so when you're out buying homes and you're looking at these things, you've got to take all that into account of of what your expectations are when you move to these places. And, of course, medically, that's another thing. Absolutely. If you're talking about EMS, I mean, mm-hmm. we have a great EMS, mm-hmm. but they are limited by how fast they can get from point A to point B. And their trucks can't go as fast as even our patrol cars can go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> on curvy roads, I'll put it that way. So we have, uh, we talked about the, the uh, crime and punishment. The other uh-huh. part of that system, of course, is the, uh, the court system. Right. And... That, in many ways, is a failing system uh, for people to for protect community. people. Yeah, I think, it is a, I think it is a broken system for our citizens. It's a broken system for our communities. Um, you know, we do our best as law enforcement officers to get people into the system, to get them introduced there. Um, and I know they have their own challenges of their own in the judicial system. They're, a lot of times they're overwhelmed. If you go up in Cherokee County and look at the court docket, uh, when I first started 25 years ago, we had court one day a week, and superior court was one time a year, those kind of things. Uh, it branched out to two days a week, and, and now we're having court every day, uh, pretty much five days a week, every week. And so you can look at those court dockets, and every day on those court dockets is generally between 100 and 300 cases every day. And so, you know, the court system has their own responsibility and their own challenges and their own things to deal with. With that, but as far as justice being served our communities through the court system, I can't sit here and honestly say that I think justice is being served our communities because a lot of things are falling through the cracks and and a lot of career criminals who keep doing these things over and over and over again are not seeing punishment that they deserve or not seeing 
uh, the system intervening to protect people. And I think our system has gotten too involved and too overwhelmed uh, with trying to introduce nonviolent crimes into the system and trying to introduce things into the system. Uh, you might call them victimless crimes or those type of things that's clogging up the system. Uh, where you have real career criminals who are out here selling drugs, hurting people, overdosing, property thefts, um, constant nuisances in neighborhoods and those kind of things who keep coming to court, getting cases dismissed, committing crimes again, coming back into court, victims taking off work to set their case after case after case just for you know several months down the road for their case to be dismissed or reduced to a plea bargain or whatever it may be. And I can tell you that almost on a daily basis, I have people coming to my office complaining about the court system and complaining about their experience with the court system and complaining about how their case was resolved and those kind of things. And uh, and I can't I can't honestly sit here and say that I can tell you that our system is working for our communities because it isn't. You know, that, so what you're basically saying is that our court system is not serving the needs of the public by taking violent people right. out of society. That really is what crime and punishment right. is all about, is protecting people from people, from criminals who are violent. Right. Because those are the ones who we're in most danger from. Right. Uh, Chris Clinton, when he was sheriff over in Towns County, he used to say, well, when some crime occurs, I said, there are about a, he said, there are about 100 knuckleheads in Towns County. I checked to see who's in jail right. and who's not, and I <laughs> yeah. visit the ones who aren't in jail. Absolutely. But it's really gotten way out of hand yeah. uh, from that time. Uh, when you have people with long rap sheets with with multiple multiple felonies who are still out and about, right? Well, they're not going to stop committing crimes, right? And and, uh, and I think that you know, if I had a criticism of our judicial system, I guess my criticism is, I, I think our system has lost focus of what's important as far as who to. Um, pursue as far as criminal charges and who not to pursue and those kind of things because like I say I think that we're getting so clogged up with the nonviolent crime we're getting so clogged up with victimless crime we're getting so clogged up with these type of things that's revenue based traffic tickets for example you know speeders and those kind of things and we can make arguments for that that you're you're protecting the public you know keeping speed down and you know trying to keep wrecks from happening and I totally agree with that and totally understand that um, but how many of these violent felons could you get through the system if we didn't have 300 people up there with speeding tickets, right? And so so I think there's – when you have a problem, you got to look at what do we do to solve this problem and what do we do to get to the public, to serve the public. And I think that the system is trying to do everything, and it's trying to do too much and, and get to where – they need to get back to where they're serving their community. In our final several minutes, I want you to talk about one thing that's really very important to me and ultimately mm -hmm. to our citizens. You are a constitutional sheriff. Absolutely. And I want you to explain exactly what that means to end our program. The only position, only law enforcement position that is ratified by the Constitution is the sheriff. Um, all the other law enforcement positions, the uh, federal positions, state positions, SBI, LE, Highway Patrol, town police, all those kind of things are not constitutional. They're, they're not set up by our forefathers. Uh, those are things that are set up by our governments. 
And so when you think about the only law enforcement position there is that has been founded by our Constitution is the office of sheriff. And and that's why the Supreme Courts have ruled and our, our circuit courts have also written papers on this about the fact of that the sheriff is the chief law enforcement officer for the county uh, because the sheriff is the only one that is constitution as the constitutional authority uh, to go out and enforce the laws and to serve the citizens. And so, that, go ahead. So basically, uh, you support the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Absolutely. Which give the citizens protection from government. Mm-hmm. You are the face of the Constitution for us. Absolutely. And that's why I think it's so important to share us. Uh, that we get out here and we we do the things we need to do to try to keep our county safe and be that chief executive law enforcement officer for our county. Sheriff Derek Palmer, thank you so very, very much for thank being Thank you. It's good being here. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be all right this morning.